Hey, I'm Rebecca Nanjago. Welcome to the Connectivity Podcast. We may not realize it, but we are always looking for connection, genuine human connection. This show will help you feel connected to yourself and to others through deep, meaningful conversations about life and what makes all of us human. So grab some tea, cozy up, and get ready to feel inspired, challenged, and connected. This is the Connectivity Podcast. Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Connectivity Podcast. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't subscribed, rated, reviewed, or shared this episode with a friend, please pause here right now and do that. Okay? Now, today's conversation is going to be an interesting one. It's about mental health. I'm going to be speaking to Hazel Moriro. Kobusenje, who is a community psychologist. Her dream is to be at the forefront of creating more positive change in mental health in Uganda and the rest of the continent. She's a team leader at Mindful Conversations, also called Mindful Uganda on Socials, which is a safe space dedicated at creating a mentally aware and healthy Uganda through normalizing the conversations on mental health and illness and bridging the gap between people and mental health professionals. Hazel is passionate about psychology and all things the human mind and behavior. Her other interests include wine, anime, TV shows, music, traveling, and fashion. I'm so excited to have Hazel on here and uh, let's just bring her in. Welcome Hazel to the Connectivity Podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. Same, same. So happy to have you. So who is Hazel as a human being? Um, Hazel as a human being is, I think she's just like any other Kampala babe. I like nice things, I love to travel, I like good food and good wine. Um, I will be in the conversation when everyone is watching the Tinder swindler and all the trending <laughs> things. So yeah, I'm just, I think I'm just an everyday girl who so happens to love psychology and wine. Hmm. I love it. Psychology and wine, they rhyme well together, don't you all think? <laughs> So, have you always known that you wanted to be a psychologist? Um, I think I kind of always did because I always asked myself, like I always, I didn't do what is considered the norm. I was always curious about things no one else kind of cared about. I always asked the most random things. I always got in trouble for the most random stuff like like all kids are naughty but me what i'm known for being naughty for is like i don't know like staying late at school chatting with friends and like like i just always kind of was peculiar so i think i wanted to know are there other weirdos like me (laughs) i love it so you went straight ahead and studied psychology. Yeah, yeah. I, me, I, I kind of knew what I wanted at campus. Because I, I, like, my career gives you six slots. Me, I put bachelor's in community psychology day. 
Slot number two, bachelor's in community psychology evening. Slot number three, industrial and organizational psychology day. Slot number four, industrial and organizational psychology evening. Like me, I was on a mission, school of psychology by fire by force. Wow. Oh my God, I love it. And look at you. Look at you. It has all come full circle. Mm. Yeah. So what's your definition of mental health? Uh, Mental health simply is our mental well-being. It's it's all it is is how we are feeling, uh, how we are coping, how we are dealing with things, how our mind is managing. So your emotional and psychological well-being is mental health. That's all that it is. Mm. Mm. I know some people put spiritual in there. What's your view? Um, I don't do it. Most mental health professionals will not do that. But um, I do think there is a link between... I mean, I do feel if someone is not okay spiritually... (laughs) Forgive me, English is not my mother tongue. Um, Then, of course, their mental health is not also... It's You know, you're not really okay, you know? If your spirit, if your soul, if something has happened and you're not settled... Um, then yeah, your mental health is affected. Much like your physical health as well. If your body is down, then also your mental health is affected. So they they are linked, Mm. but I wouldn't necessarily say that mental health means your spiritual well-being. I see it, and I agree. I agree. Now, let's speak about mental health specifically in Uganda. What are the things that fascinate you let's just use the word fascinate about mental health specifically in this country okay i'm so glad you said fascinate um but just like a disclaimer just because they fascinate me i don't want it to be interpreted as as like i'm a like a mad scientist (laughs) and me i'm I'm just happy when i see suffering no it's interesting to me um when they some of these things are very negative i want for people to live happier, healthier lives, but it's interesting and fascinating to kind of see. So I think the number one thing is how people think about mental illness. It's so interesting to me that they associate it with um, the spiritual well-being, so faith, uh, it is masitani, chika, all these things like all these it has to be the ancestors are not happy or it's demon possession so it's so interesting to me that that is what people go to and they're hell-bent on that's the only thing but the way ugandans pray there would be no mental illness if it was in if it was about demons and what the way we pray the way we love god there would be no mental illness we, like we would just be out here hosting mental health conferences, teaching the rest of the world how to <laughs> how to pray away mental illness. Mm. So it's so interesting to me how people are, like they don't want to kind of open their mind and they don't want to accept that there's another possibility. Like they're, I feel like it's comfortable for them to think that it's beyond. Mm. Beyond them, it's beyond their understanding. God will manage, and yes. Of course, there you know there is a, a higher power out there that looks after us, but I feel they don't want to come to terms with the fact that on top of the fact that they can get malaria and typhoid and AIDS, 
then they can probably also get bipolar and clinical depression and all these things like the society is just kind of re- refusing to mm-hmm. accept that this is also sickness right yeah right. so that's kind of interesting to me different people from different walks of life the way they believe or think about or act towards people who uh, have mental illness. It's interesting to me. It's very, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know if I'm articulating myself well, but it's so interesting. Like different kinds of people, someone who could be very well educated and well-traveled, someone who could have never gone to school. Like the way they think of mental illness Mm -hmm. and the mind and then the brain. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. And it, and it's very similar in so many parts of the continent. It's not like just us, mm. but it's also very different at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. As uh, speaking to my... Yesterday, I came back from the market and there was a guy. I think he was, I don't know, not okay, of course, mentally. But he's. I, we didn't see it happen, but one of the bike guys had stopped and was dragging him off the road. So I asked my bike guy, what do you think happened? And he he said, I think he has epilepsy. And uh, I think he just fell and this guy just put him. And this, my bike guy who's called Jimmy was telling me about how people here don't understand epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And he was in Bugolobi market sometime. And this guy just collapsed, mm-hmm. had a seizure, collapsed. And the whole market scattered. They scattered, they left the guy convulsing alone and stuff. So he went, picked him and what. And when he asked them, why are you guys doing this? They said, it's going to catch us. It's going to catch us. And you'd think, of course, epilepsy is more complex. It's not just like mental, whatever. Mm -hmm. But something like that, you'd think that um, something like that has been seen in society and my bad guy knows it's it's epilepsy but even how that was treated was just like now imagine imagine other things that have not fully been diagnosed and known yeah and our mental health issues like bipolar i can't imagine so that's something also that i find fascinating in uganda um Okay, so it's it's fascinating and it's also quite sad. Mm-hmm. We are not aware about mental health and mental illness and these mental different mental disorders. We have little information based off the little coverage in media and based off what we see in movies, of which uh, media, as in terms of entertainment, movies, series, all these shows, they don't properly represent mental illness. They are make they are looking after, they are trying to create this exciting villain but like i think one trope that i really hate especially in hollywood that has informed people and they now think this is a mental illness i don't know which mental illness they're talking about me i didn't study it Mm. was um is when a gentleman perhaps is unfaithful or he entertains a, a woman outside his marriage relationship and then this woman becomes obsessed so are we supposed to believe that her mental illness is obsession is extreme love like i don't quite understand what that is so the way entertainment movies film these people portray mental illness is like ridiculous so of course a a society like ours where people already have little to no information on mental health 
they are going to assume ah yeah um dalu you know what i mean like <laughs> they just there's so much misinformation so a lot of work has to go in us creating disseminating correct keyword correct information on mental health and mental illness all these things we see in movies they just give people this false perception that people with mental illness are just out here plotting to break up marriages and i don't know kidnap people's children no right. it's it's sickness never have i seen anyone saying oh that person has cancer and because they have cancer now they're going to go around poisoning everyone like it's just sickness right. it's just someone being unwell and if we did better if we understood more than would even intervene earlier i really want us to get to a point where our focus is preventative medicine as in the moment someone doesn't feel okay the moment you see your partner sister friend you 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 see some signs like how we know how to see eh oh boy no msuja tola bikabulunji are you fine ah you're wearing a sweater don't you have malaria go to the clinic go to the then a clinic i want that to be translated in terms of mental health that if the people around you start to notice they're not okay then we intervene instead of us letting it get to a point where our person is like drinking themselves to i don't know an extreme unhealthy level so on top of what they're going through now they've added addiction in the mix mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. Oh my god, that's so interesting and I never really thought deeply about it how you've articulated it right now. Cuz sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, but how can someone be so bad? You get. You're like, eh, how can it how, how can someone like this exist? And for the first time, okay, sometimes I'm like, okay, that person that person's clearly sick or something. Yeah. But for the first time today, I've just thought about that the fact that Okay, maybe they're bad people, but maybe everything has like a cause. And if it was paid attention to at a certain stage mm. and somebody sought help, um maybe it wouldn't have gotten to that level. But also on top of that, I just know from being a child and children watching children that when someone does not feel seen and heard and loved, then they start to act out yes. in all these ways that was me as a teenager i was just like acting out and doing all these things because i wanted specific attention from people from my caretakers that i was not receiving and i'm sure everybody in my family was just like this girl's crazy this girl's crazy this girl's crazy so when i think about it like that and i think about those exciting villains mm-hmm. <laughs> that we watch i see the link that you're talking about and i find it so incredibly interesting. Mm. Yeah. What's your definition of therapy? Um my definition of therapy simply put is its treatment. It's treatment without medicine. Mm. And I know that that's kind of mind-boggling to many people. Or people think, ah, I'm just going to go and talk to this lady. Or, It's just talking uh, because what people think therapy is is what they maybe have experienced in their places of worship from a religious leader or from like an aunt or a family head like a grandma who everyone loves and respects and when you're acting out um 
sometimes that uh, mukaka comes or auntie so and so comes and they take you to the bedroom and they cancel you so you think that's what's going to happen in your session but what therapy is is different from that mm -hmm. this is mental health care a mental health professional most likely a psychologist or a psychiatrist will take intentional steps to help you deal with what you need to deal with they use therapeutic techniques the most popular being cognitive behavior therapy so maybe some of you have seen that you see the word cognition you see the words yeah. you see these initial cbt you're like Anna, what are these so that's one of the therapeutic techniques that i think is most popular among most mental health professionals but there are about five mm -hmm. um so these Therapeutic techniques are applied during your session. Um, then also your mental health professional, your psychologist, psychiatrist, they will also come up with a diagnosis. So much like um, physical health, how the doctor will ask you, do you feel fever? Is your throat lower? When you pee, do you feel pain? Those things in your session, your um, psychologist, psychiatrist, they may identify things that will guide um, and that will inform them that, you know what, you may actually have seasonal depression. You may be having from an anxiety disorder that we call, um, let's say, obsessive compulsive disorder. Huh? People like it. I'm very OCD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing maybe I should mention in terms of what therapy is about. Uh, psychologists and psychiatrists, we follow a criteria. We have... Um, like a, a, our guidebook of sorts, the um, uh, Diagnostics and Statistical Manual, I think now we're on the fifth edition, that helps inform us, that helps guide us so that we don't misdiagnose you, so that we know, okay, so maybe out of the five things, the five criteria to, for me to say, you know, she has bipolar or he has bipolar, you only have three, but still you're struggling. Mm -hmm. So all these things, these are all part of therapy. These all help your mental health professional come up with a treatment plan because therapy is treatment. So they're going to tell you, please come and see me every two weeks. Or they'll tell you, come to me every week. What day works for you? You come up with a schedule, maybe every Wednesday at five, you are there. Then after some time, they'll say, mm, how about we now make it every other Wednesday? So therapy is counseling but based off modern science and psychology proved because science is, is fact someone did an experiment or a procedure and it was proven that this works mm -hmm. so it's very different from the counseling that we get from our religious leaders from our aunties our judges um, friends and other people mm -hmm. yeah oh wow this just makes me think there are other myths to be debunked really about therapy. There's so many things I've had on the street, yeah? But for you, what are the ones that you feel like, uh, whenever I hear this thing, I need to like sit down and educate this person, yeah? I think the one that comes to mind that has just made me a quarrelsome woman on the internet is suicide over does not stop your pain it gives the pain to your loved ones the ones who love you that one it's not about you 
mm. like that thing honestly every time i see that stupid ass tweet mm. or post or commentary it i i just go on a rant on the internet <laughs> Like if you follow me I'm not crazy I'm just so frustrated cuz suicide usually it's linked to depression and there are many different kind of depressive disorders so postpartum depression major depressive disorder this is not about you someone is going through something someone wants to give up they are unwell they are not fine so honestly shut up If you can't be a support system, shut up. Like leave them alone. Like okay, call someone so they can get help and then leave. Like I that thing disturbs my mind. Mm. And also this assumption that attempting to die by suicide is attention seeking. Who What? told you? Are you okay? Like ah, I don't even know. And even if it was, my thing that I like to tell people, even if let us say they are seeking attention. Do you not think that's an extreme way to go about it? And that also communicates that they are not fine. So why are you meeting them with judgment and anger? Why are you centering yourself in people's business? Can you imagine someone being um falling off a border, they're in hospital, and then when you come to see them you are like your broken leg is inconveniencing us now we have to drop you and pick you and take you here and bring you things attention. like are you okay like mm. i don't know we really really need to stop centering ourselves in people's people are sick and if you cannot be their support system if you cannot be there for them if you cannot be positive and mm. helpful leave them alone i love that i love that i think for me the one that aches me after that one is um marriage counseling oh my goodness of like yeah i'll just go to my church leader and i am going to speak to them and that's it and it should work like that month or two months or i don't know three months that they do before the wedding is the one eh eh like that thing irritates me so much because human beings are more complex than yes. like there's so many things about our own lives that uh our religious leader can cannot explain away just so easily you know there's all these traumas and all these things that need to be debunked that just three mar- three months before you start a life with someone and dive deep and get children that can just be explained away easily yeah. yeah so yeah i love i love that you brought that up because that's another thing i look you roll my eyes at i'm sorry the so one thing maybe i should mention if faith if your faith if your beliefs are very important to you 100% you should go to your religious leader for counseling but i honestly believe that you should pair that with relationship therapy right from a mental health professional right because like you said in your religious houses 
the counseling you're receiving, biblical counseling in the, in, you know, in the aspect of Christians, they are counseling you through the biblical lens. They're telling you, well, according to the Bible, and I don't know, whenever BC or whenever, um, the woman is supposed to do this and supposed to do that. But by then, there were not all these things. Like, is that applicable? Not to mention, if you've been having a two-year, three-year, four-year courtship, that's not been the rhythm and the flow of your partnership. Right. Your boo has been working, coming back. You've been spending weekends, but somehow she should drop this routine, her personality to fit this mold of what a, a partner is supposed to be because of your faith or because of this. So I actually, honestly, I keep saying this, and I think people think I'm mad. You, people, the moment you and someone decide to be exclusive, begin relationship therapy. You people have money to be out here um, pumping your partners with Yuji Koko and Jameson, right. and I don't know what kind of focus in wine. You can sacrifice eighty to a hundred to two hundred thousand to see a relationship therapist. Right. It doesn't mean that you are doomed as a couple. But at least you're building a strong foundation to a healthy and long-term partnership. You're in therapy by a psychologist slash psychiatrist. You're going to be equipped with conflict resolution skills, uh, healthy negotiation skills. You're going to learn your own love languages and attachment styles. Those are things that instead of you kind of gambling away and then you're like, oh, we've been together for four years, it's time to get married, but you don't really know your person. Mm -hmm. You don't really know their love language like what you've been together for four years but technically you've been together you've been seeing each other for four years every weekend in a controlled environment with Jumia bringing food and wine and it's all hunky-dory sunshine and flowers that's yeah. that's and sometimes there's alcohol so yeah <laughs> exactly so like honestly this is just i know that um we want what we see in the Hallmark movies. Mm. I'm guilty of it. Me I meet you, mm. and we click, and the chemistry, and it's cute, and we yeah. go on dates, and we fall in love, and then we're ready to get married. All that is beautiful, but if you want to be together long-term or forever, you have to build a strong foundation, and relationship therapy is the way to go. Mm. Th these are facts. Yeah. And on it, I genuinely believe that. Like, honestly, if you're out there and you want me to experiment upon you and your boo, please come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I really feel so deeply about it because relationships are really the bedrock. They are really the bedrock of society. If we don't have a relationship with our parents, we have a relationship with our friend, but things really start getting messed up when it is a couple mm, and then partnership. romantic partnership and then they bring a child in that mix ah, la, 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 la. I, I also feel like that's why relationship therapy is important for because it's important for you to also navigate and kind of understand um, each other's where you're all coming from mm -hmm. you could partner with someone who is everything you've ever hoped and prayed for but her or his reasoning is kids solve everything so then you guys go about life having all these babies. And then once the last baby is going to university, you're left alone in the house looking at yourself like, <gasps> yeah. like emptiness syndrome is going to hit you guys so bad. You know, that's when you start seeing, you know, like it's because the thing is, there is go always going to be you, even if you have kids. 
there's always going to be the initial um unit. Si- yeah unit and subsystem in this family unit there's always going to be you and you have to be okay before you bring in these innocent creatures who are dependent on you you're not supposed to model behavior for them so there's just so much that relationship therapy can help you with and you it doesn't mean that you have to first fight or someone has to cheat on someone first no because if you bring this all up with your mental health professional honestly they'll even tell you you guys can come in once a month Mm. once a month for four years that is better than none that's better than some rushed counseling chap 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 thing because the wedding is approaching and because it's a requirement if they're bagata. so i really feel like people need to know there is a there's a difference and we also need to my other issue i think with counseling from the biblical lens in terms of romantic relationships here your partner is you're more or less being instructed on how partners should behave Mm -hmm. and in relationship therapy you're understanding your partner like who they are not who they should be who they are like your partner could be Mm. it doesn't make them a bad person but they have poor communication skills the moment there is conflict they're shouting they're screaming but if she's just being instructed or he's being instructed that a good wife does not shout, that, that's not changing. That's not communicating to her to understand that when she yells, it makes you feel um, belittled. It makes you feel disrespected. Like you're just, I don't know. I just, yeah. I just feel like people should know the difference and you either have both for those whose religion is important for them and for those who it's not that important relationship therapy is the way for you to go yeah i agree and i think that even still it's a requirement if you're going to get, to get married in church so that's already a given anyway that you'll have the the church one but really just supplement when you're speaking about that thing of muyombi right mm. i just saw a story yesterday uh, i was talking about it with a friend of mine and we're laughing actually about it and it's not funny she was talking about how there's this chick who beat up a priest. <laughs> she beat up a priest. There was this, I think maybe she, she, she stabbed her husband to death or something, mistreated him or something. Mm. So now there was the husband's funeral. Mm. And then the priest who she invited mm. started talking about it's not allowed, only a foolish woman uh, disrespects because the Bible says what and what. It's not allowed. And this lady got up and beat the priest. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) She went up and beat the priest. But that's just an example of this chick is sick. She's not okay mentally. Mm. She's not okay. Uh, The priest said something that triggered her. And she went and beat him. But we do not even know their relationship. And what led her to... to do those things to her husband who she once loved and and mm. things like that. But by the time you can go to the extremes of getting up at a funeral and beating a religious leader, there's something, <laughs> there's something wrong with your brain. And when you think about like therapy, like religious therapy, it's yeah that thing of instructional. You should. You're this way, but you should. Mm. 
you should do this because the Bible says this. This is how you're supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, so I just remembered that and that's hilarious. Me, like a mental health professional. First of all, maybe one thing that I should stress and for those of you who it will hurt, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. There is no Jesus, Allah, those people, they have no place in therapy. If you as the patient brings up your God and how important your faith is and you know all your values, well and good. But your therapist, your psychiatrist, what are they telling you about God? They're supposed to treat you. Like we said, therapy is treatment. So one thing is when you're in relationship therapy, real treatment, actual counseling, your mental health professional takes you the way that you are. And of which I want to encourage people when you're in therapy is to be open and to share because, and to share the truth also. Mm-hmm. Misrepresenting yourself. Someone can't help you if you're lying to them. You know, which I also like, it's like if you, let's say you feel like you have an infection for the ladies and then you're lying to the gynecologist. They're asking you, do you feel pain when you're peeing? No, because you're embarrassed. Mm. They're asking you, what color is your discharge? Ah, no more, no more. I just don't feel fine. Like, who are you? You understand? The doctor cannot help you. So that is the same when you are in therapy. Be open. And I know being open and vulnerable is not easy, but try. So a mental health professional is focused on who you are. They will understand that these values are important to you and your relationship. And they will work with all that to make sure that you people are successful. Because even I think our religion and our faith, that's a journey. It's not set in stone like, oh, I accepted Jesus as my personal savior. So now that's set in stone forever and ever. Amen. I make no mistakes. I have no flaws. Right. Yeah. So I really encourage people to have relationship therapy with a mental health professional. And if you want, you can have both at church and then also at a clinic or a mental health care center. Yeah, I agree. So we're about to wrap, but let's speak about language. Mm. This is something that you are very particular about. Yeah. Language when we are addressing mental health matters. Um, yeah, please just let's speak about that. So language is very important in general in the world. Um, and over the years, we've seen a shift, um, especially among us millennials, that we are intentional with what we say and how we do things. Um, even now, most things you apply for, you see there is the option for male, female, non-binary. There are all these people are now more intentional and they care and they want to be inclusive and they want to, intersectionality matters. Mm-hmm. So that is the same even in mental health. Language is important because there's so many things that we've been saying that are wrong. Um, I think here and in Kenya, um, suicide is criminalized, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I'm yet to see them out here uh, villainizing people who are being knocked, who are getting cancer and other sicknesses, typhoid. I've never seen you being arrested or villainized for doing that. Mm -hmm. So the terming commit suicide is very incorrect. Commit means that you've done something wrong. You've committed a crime and suicide shouldn't be associated with criminality because 
usually that communicates that someone is unwell that is it shows us that someone is suffering they're in pain they're really really low so how can we criminalize them for how they are feeling so i really encourage people to use attempting to die by suicide or um she or he attempted to die by suicide she or he attempted suicide or she she or he died by suicide mm. yes i think people should be intentional in what they say cuz commit has normalized that suicide is just it's just this bad thing it's a crime oh my god all this stupidest thing of if it's not you who is affected it is the people you leave behind it's not about you people someone's suffering mm. i think the other thing in terms of language when it comes to mental health is how we talk about people who live with mental illness both those who are living well with mental illness and those who may not necessarily be living well mm. because when people know someone lives well with mental illness they don't even say lives well with mental illness they'll say man that chick is crazy and that chick is psycho yeah. and why why are you saying that that's so it has a very negative and derogatory connotation to it so let's refer to people or these individuals first of all like the way you would refer to someone why why is that i think first of all that's not how we should define them because mm-hmm. when i t- i'm talking about rebecca with someone else i'm like oh i know rebecca oh she has a podcast oh i've been to her place this and this but if rebecca lived well with a mental illness then it's kind of like oh i know her that babe with bipolar that mm-hmm. shouldn't be that all that they are and then also it's uh she lives well with a mental illness she's living life like i feel like that kind of communicates that she's like the rest of us she's mm-hmm. sick if you are to bring up the fact that they're sick right yeah right oh my god oh that's major for me because honestly i was those she cray <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm saying oh my god i think she's crazy because that's not normal yeah but yeah she lives well i really like that thank you for that So if somebody has listened this far, mm. what's one thing or two things that you want them to take away or not to forget? Yeah, about our conversation today. I think one thing that I want whoever is listening to to kind of remember, to think about, to ponder is that your mental health matters and that you have mental health. <laughs> and looking after yourself isn't something to be guilty or feel guilty about um i know that we live in a society or we have a culture of when you look not just after yourself physically and also mentally and you prioritize your peace and you prioritize your general well-being it's kind of looked at as ainachejo or or you know it has like it's it's looked upon it's frowned upon that's what's so weird but it matters it's important i encourage you to prioritize it if you can afford to please see a mental health professional and you don't have to first present um serious symptoms you know and i know that's not just in terms of mental health i know even physical health someone who first suffer with flu for a whole month they have headache every other day they take medicine then when it's too much they'll be like ah let me go to the hospital and yeah. jekomsai 
So I really want to encourage people that if you cannot cope, if you're overwhelmed, see a mental health professional, honestly. It's nothing to be ashamed of. The brain, our mind, is in the body. So it's part of the body. So it also gets sick. Mm. Think about it. Like, if you feel like it's so hard for you to maybe even open up to a loved one that you're not feeling well, think about it. Like, sometimes we know people who've struggled with liver disease and kidney disease. So even our mind, sometimes it also has senyiga. Mm. Sometimes it's not okay. And it's okay to want that help. Like, and it's perfectly fine. I also want to encourage people to connect and to find love. Not just romantic love, but platonic love, friendships, support systems are so important. And I know that that's why some people believe that uh, you Africans, oh, therapies for white people, yabazungu. Because we've always been a communal people. So we've always had support systems. So maybe mental illness has never uh, manifested itself the way it does now because right now we are not as communal as before whereby like for me i'm from kabale you find the whole hill is your dad and his siblings and their children so please make connections create bonds um have friends have partnerships and in a healthy way i know we think that we do that because we are party people so you think because you're going to thrones and where are you have connections you're fine but be more intentional try to hang out less in alcohol kind of situations you know try to have a book club um try to have a you know try and go for all these different activities we've been talking about going to the museum to yeah. see that because of her display or expo so just try to have as much human contact healthy human contact as possible and i believe that we'll be fine i really feel like ugandans are without knowing taking the right steps towards like a happier and healthy country we just don't know it it's like we are but it, it's like not manifesting but me i have a lot of hope same, same. yeah i also do yeah so hazel where can people find you on the interwebs <laughs> on the interwebs i am mostly active on instagram and twitter where i am hazel underscore muriro which is m-u-r-i-r-o i am i do have a facebook a linkedin and i don't know these other apps i'm there but i'm not active oh no i'm not on that one i cannot dance <laughs> i'm not on that one but um i'm mostly active on twitter and instagram and uh, if you can't find me you can reach out to mindful conversations also at mindful underscore uganda yeah so i'm on the interwebs ish 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 <laughs> i love it so much um thank you hazel for being on the podcast today completely love that conversation i'm sure you'll be back and uh is there anything you want to say that i may have forgotten to ask something lingering on your mind or no no, uh, no, not really. Because yeah. if we have this conversation, we'll have it all day. <laughs> if we're going to stay on this topic of mental health in Uganda, yeah, 
Oh, maybe one thing I'd like to say is, you know, um, journalists and people in media, they need to do better in terms of language and reporting on mental health and mental illness. Like you people make it such. Mm. Um, Broaden your horizons, ask questions, and then don't also be rigid to only focus on, like, we must interview the executive director or managing director of Botabika Hospital which is the only institute in Uganda like be intentional reach out to those in private practice the teachers at Makere like be diverse don't don't wait for don't wait for a boring or a slow news day and that's when you're like oh well, let's go cover this mm-hmm. you know mental health is important try to put it at the forefront and also ask where you don't know um yeah i think i really i would really really love the media and journalists to even if they don't okay i'm not they don't necessarily report on mental illness when they do i want them to do it well i agree yeah i agree thank you so so much hazel many thanks to you for finishing yet another episode of the connectivity podcast if you haven't yet make sure to read review and subscribe to this podcast that way you'll never miss an episode i want to hear from you what were your key takeaways head on over to my instagram or facebook at connectivity podcast to continue the conversation this is rebecca signing off connect soon